This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know that uh, about 5 billion, billion? That's a de- I checked that because that's a lot. Plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy. We're shipping around all this water using fuel when we don't have to. Every year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year. This year, maybe turn the New Year's resolution into action that makes a difference by switching to Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's a simple idea. They have refillable cleaning products. They have a nice design. I have them in my home. It looks nice on your counter. You fill the reusable bottles with water, drop in the Blue Land tablets, wait for them to dissolve, and you never have to grab bulky, heavy cleaning supplies on your grocery run ever again. And refills, because they're small and you don't have to ship a bunch of water across the country, starts at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets, Laundry tablets, everybody, you know what I mean. All Blue Land products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. Blue Land is trusted in over a million homes, including, yeah, mine. Blue Land has a special offer for listeners right now. You can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss it. Blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. Again, blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. Hello, everyone. John was super sick during our regularly scheduled recording time this week. So instead, here is a live show that we recorded in St. Petersburg, Florida, the location of my alma mater, Eckerd College. So I spent a lot of time in St. Pete when I was younger. So we went back with my brother and my wife. We had a wonderful show. And here it is for you, Dear Hank and John, live in St. Petersburg. Dear John and Hank, or as I like to call it, Dear Hank and John. I knew it wasn't going to last forever, but it was wonderful while it did. Uh, Hi, I'm uh, John Green. This is Hank Green. We answer your questions, provide you with dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars, a cold, dead rock in space, and AFC Wimbledon, the single greatest achievement in human history. John, an important question about Florida for Floridians. Why are the winds and hurricanes so fast? <laughs> um, I mean, I have, I, I'm already disappointed. Because if they were, weren't very fast, they would be slow canes. Because <laughs> they hurry. I get the joke. <laughs> what I was disapproving of was the crown's approval. <laughs> Encourages, it, yes. encourages him. They're on my side. Do you want to hear my... No. John sent me one this week. He was like, hey, what about this one? I was it's, like, not good enough. It was a good joke. Henry and I read a, we read a whole joke book together, and oh my God, I mean, they made Hank's jokes look like works of genius. <laughs> and um, there was, however, one quite good joke in it. Why didn't the crab share his toy with his little brother? Because he was a little shellfish. <laughs> it's cute and it's funny. <laughs> that's how that's how you write a joke, John. <coughs> you look at a joke book and steal it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
there's anything we've learned. Uh, um, hey, yeah. We should answer some questions from our listeners. Do you want to do that? This first question comes from Tavon, who writes, Dear John and Hank, my question is, how can I find the time to be an avid reader of books, a frequent listener of podcasts, a master's degree student, and a good citizen of the world? Mm. These are all the things that I love to do, and it always feels like I'm neglecting one to become immersed in others. My seat is in row F. Hi, Tavon. Hello. This is for... Cheers. Cheers. I don't know. I actually know where row F is. Yeah, no. I don't don't know the answer to this question, except that some of these things, can you do them at the same time? Yeah. Um, So part of being a good citizen uh, when you live in Montana, less so in Florida, is shoveling your walk. And it's great. Audiobooks and podcasts while you're shoveling the walk, perfect. If you do that here, by the way, people look at you super weird. (laughs) You come out with the snow shovel every Tuesday and you're just like, gotta get it off. You know how it is. Um, but yeah, uh, yes, double down. I think that's one solution. Uh-huh. And the other thing is that sometimes in life you have to prioritize and there, en- there ends up being things you can't do and, and that's okay. Like you can be a good citizen of the world without being infor- I- I- an expert in everything. Like you don't have to become like equally informed in all fields to be a good citizen of the world. Or to tweet about everything. You can be completely ignorant of issues and still tweet about them, I've discovered. No, it, see, it, it seems actually that not being an expert but having a strong opinion is kind of like the Twitter secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that you can do, Tavon, is to not be an expert and, not, and just like, and actually understand that. Uh, and I think that that's something that I work on and that I think that like in this world we're sort of... All, all asked to have opinions and be editors of the, the newspapers that are social media feeds, that like it can, it can be as if we are being asked to be experts or that we have to assume that we are or have to claim that we are, and it's very good to not be and to shout to the world that I am not and that I am listening to people who know what they're talking about. After a year and a half away from the social internet, which, by the way, stopped the clock on how long it took me to mention that I'm not on Twitter anymore. <laughs> Uh, after a year and a half away from the social internet, one of the, one of the side effects for me is that I realized that I don't have a strong opinion on almost everything. Yeah. Like when I hear something that's like almost definitely good news, I'll be like, that's probably good news, but you know, let's wait. <laughs> let's Who see knows? How, let's see what Tuesday brings. Yeah. This I mean, is a, this was a great week for, uh, in the moment being like, I don't know what this means, but I'm definitely freaking out. And then being like, well, I was freaked. Should I, am I, is it all okay now? I don't know. Oh, I missed all of that, by the way. <laughs> like, I just, I just read the newspaper and there was sort of a daily update about everything. Um, this next question comes from Cheyenne and Elizabeth in <laughs> A11 and 12. Hey, you guys, you want to dance for me? Thank you. Uh, we're two friends that go to UF, and I assume that this is Gogata? Because it looks like Gogata. Uh, and we're wondering if Cheyenne were to take her lower limb prosthetic and smack some, someone with it, would she be kicking them or hitting them? <laughs> We've posed this question to many a person with no definitive answer, so we look to you to settle, settle this debate. Well, if there's something that we are experts on. Yeah. You've come to the right people. 
It's exactly things what that, we're good at. Things that mean nothing. Yeah. That are purely semantic. Yeah. And that will never have any relevance because of the unlikelihood of this overall scenario, right? Like, I don't yeah, know you... it could happen. Oh, Cheyenne, how often do you hurt someone? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I guess... So the thing, the thing that is real is that you might have to say, I will hit Blank you. or kick you. Yeah. And you won't because you're not that kind of person, but you might be in a situation you where you sentence. have to say the yeah. sentence. So that's a good point. And so what, it's would, not what, would be, what would then be reported to the judge? Like if we're in a court of law. It's a hit. It's a hit. It's a hit. It's a hit. It's a hit with a what foot. If, it's a hit uh, with a foot. What if we had a person a come hit. up to the stage and John took my leg and hit someone else with it? But I wasn't in control. I was unconscious at the time. I've, I've gone unconscious. That's a hit. Someone comes on I, stage. I hit John someone. John lifts my I, legs yes, and whacks. I, He's very that's strong. A hit. That's a hit. I, I hit someone. Like, yeah. I hit someone with your unconscious leg. Absolutely. But they that's were. But they were kicked. No. Nope. Oh. You hit them, but, but they, they were, were kicked. kicked. Yes! Yes! Butt is legs. <laughs> but butt is also butt. Yeah. Both and? Yeah, yeah. It's a hit, and they get kicked. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, we got another question. This person wrote in to say, Dear John and Hank, they're sitting in seat C27. Wrote in to say, Dear John and Hank, what is the oddest combination of food you've stumbled on someone eating? Um, my son was eating pancakes recently, and he finished them. And then my father, for some reason, gave him some smoked salmon. Yeah. And I witnessed my son take the smoked salmon, put it on the fork, run it through the syrup, <laughs> and eat it. And then That's go that weird. back for more. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. So I tried it, and it was good. I mean, yeah. I uh, think we don't do enough dessert fish. <laughs> I feel like maybe we do enough overall fish that we don't need to be like introducing new forms of fish into the into the, <laughs> the like concept of nutrition. Yeah. No. More. We need to eat more flesh, John. Yeah. That's what what about, they've all yeah. been saying. God, yeah. More more meat products for dessert. Yeah. It's been a struggle for Steve. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. The problem is not Steve. The problem is right. the humans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One time, this actually inspired uh, something in, in Paper Towns. Uh, one time when I was living in Orlando, Florida, I was at a Publix. It was very late at night. And I was, uh, I was purchasing beer, which is a reasonable purchase, you know, at that time. And the person in front of me was purchasing instant vanilla pudding, one container, one can of Campbell's tomato soup and a live lobster. <laughs> and I was like, you know, like, that, that guy is going to go home tonight and he is going to eat a new dish. <laughs> like, there have been 93 billion of us and this guy is going to do something genuinely novel. <laughs> I, the thing is, like he's bought two of the least expensive items in the grocery I know. store. And, then he was like, and oh, one of them here. Expensive. Why don't I spend 60 bucks on a lobster? 
That's the thing that makes no sense about it yeah. because like, it, you separate out any of those combinations and I can kind of make sense of it. Like maybe he's making some weird lobster bisque soup. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, but why the pudding? No, 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 no. Maybe the the, maybe he w- w- maybe he was going to feed the pudding to the lobster. Oh, that's dark. That's dark. That's some foie gras darkness right there. I don't like. I don't like that at all. We need to move I, on. We need back to move on. when I was in college. We're moving on. Back when I was in college, here in St. Petersburg, Florida, we used to. Uh, we would throw chicken parts into the brackish pond. I was telling a professor of mine this earlier today. We would throw a, like a chicken leg into the pond, and if you pulled it out slowly, oh, 100% of the time there would be a blue crab on the end of it. And then we would put that blue crab into a steamer, and then we would pull out another one. And, we'd, and this is just like, I don't know how clean the ponds were at Eckerd College back in 1999, but we did eat a lot of those salty, peppery, steamed crabs, and we never fed them, we never fed them vanilla pudding. And I can't help but think maybe we missed something. All right, we're moving on. We're going to move on to a different question that unfortunately is still about animals, but thankfully, different kinds of animals. This question, and it was courageous of you to include your name in the question, and I applaud you for that because many people have submitted anonymous questions, but you came out and you told us right, right that your name is, I believe, Leyland in seat C25. Oh, thanks. I'm glad I got it right. I, I, I practiced beforehand, so I'm glad I nailed it. <laughs> Leyland writes, Dear John and Hank, recently something amazing happened. I got to see the movie adaptation of Cats. <laughs> I have loved the musical since I was a kid. What should I do when I seriously love something that is so widely hated? <laughs> do I continue to love it unapologetically? Do I devote my life to try to explaining to people what a pellicle cat is? Do I write a paper defending my magical Mr. Mr. Feelys. <laughs> I can't finish the sentence. Is better than Rum Tum Tigger, is what it says there at the end. Uh, Rum Tum Tugger, I'm sorry. I don't know very much about this, So cats. I love this question first. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with the musical, only with the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt parody of it, um, <laughs> which I found wildly enjoyable. So if it's anything like that, it's great. Um, Look, you love something that, that millions of people hate, right? And they define themselves by hating it. And there are so, like, we live in that era. We live in the era of defining ourselves by what we hate and by what sucks and, like, by figuring out what sucks and all hating it together. And we decide, oh, this art is unworthy and gross and, and it's a complete failure. But, like, I actually think that of the things that have harmed the universe... Um, in the last, like, eight weeks, like, the Cats movie is incredibly low on the list. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Hank pulling a blue crab out of that pond was way worse for the universe than the Cats movie was, as far as I can tell. And you like it, and God, great. God bless you for, I, I, I think we should all like something that other people hate just so we can know what it's like not to be on a bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing is that 
I think that it's per, like I think it's part of having good taste and like having your taste be established that sometimes like the thing you love runs counter to other people's interests. Yes. And that's like part of knowing who you are and it's a great sign to be able to be like oh i like a thing that other people don't like you can look at that and examine it and be like what's in, like what's different about me in this circumstance but the main thing to know is that like you get yourself in a way that some people like it's hard to so that's fantastic also from the clips i've seen on twitter it seems amazing <laughs> a little here's, upsetting though <laughs> here's here's my example of this what's yours john do you i'm, I'm sure you have one too hank so there were these three children's movies made called Madagascar, and they are about like zoo animals that escape to various uh, wild places, and then the wild animals are like, you're not like us, and then they have to find a way to love each other. <laughs> Every single one of these three movies existed for only one reason, which was to allow for the eventual creation of the greatest children's movie ever made, Penguins of Madagascar, <laughs> the fourth Madagascar movie. It is such an accomplishment. It is such like a tremendous accomplishment about what life is like in the Anthropocene <laughs> and about what we value and where the limits of our power are. And Werner Herzog is in it, and it is an amazing film. And if you go to IMDb right now, you will see that 75,000 people have voted on it and that they have voted it lower than every other Madagascar movie, each of which is crap. <laughs> and so, like, these people are just mistaken. <laughs> and, like, that is my aesthetic, and it's important for me to know what it is and to be able to defend it, and, like, now you're in a great position because you will be constantly defending your aesthetic because lots of people disagree with you. Uh, this next question comes from Patrick. Patrick in P30. Hey guys, I was wondering, after 10 plus years of producing various content, was there a period when it was extremely hard to get through and you considered throwing in the towel? Can you tell us about that moment, Patrick says. Tell it, experience for us on stage in front of 600 people your worst I mean, moment. I considered throwing in the towel last night. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a few times for me. I mean, there, so part of what... So this question presumes that um, there wasn't a time when, when I threw in the towel and you just didn't notice. <laughs> uh, and there have been times when I threw in the towel and you just didn't notice because like, I was able to like, carefully arrange for you not to notice. Um, in 2015, I was in a really bad shape uh, mental health-wise and had like three epically bad months and then three like fairly bad months during which I was able to make very little. I made a Vlogbrothers video every every week, but like, you know, the whole week was kind of oriented around that like, you know, that, that one day of work. Um, I've never not wanted to make Vlogbrothers. Like my, my motivation definitely ebbs and flows, um, but I, I know when it's waning that that's part, part of, of the cycle. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, likewise, I've never, not wanted, never wanted to throw in the towel on, like, Nerdfighteria. There have been times when I've wanted to sort of, like, uh, be like, YouTube, I'm done with you. What happened to this play? And that's, I think that's partly nostalgia. It's, like, like mm, the bad kind I of mean, nostalgia. I mean, it I'm is. Like looking back at a time when it was different and thinking that it was better when it was 
just different. Yeah. Um, it was bad. It was. It's always been bad. It's always been bad in its stuff own on ways. the platform, yeah. for sure. And yeah. uh, and and I think that there there has been frustration in in that way. Um, with sort of like how I imagine myself as part of a creative community, but not as how I imagine myself as part of like a creative endeavor with my brother. There, there have been times when I've wanted to throw in the towel on other things, of course, um, and, and have. Um, and I've had, like, we've had a number of things that we've started and really wanted to succeed and that they, they have failed. And then I try to bring back truth or fail for a fifth time and it still doesn't work. And that's okay. Um, and, and so like part of that is like the thing isn't working. And then sometimes I really, yeah, I do realize that I've signed on for too much and that it's not a, so much a, a throwing in the towel. It's a what are the things that actually matter? What are the things that are going to enable me to be a functional person and like act and also be happy um, and so it can sometimes be easy to uh, to take for granted the things you should be prioritizing in your lives and that's almost always the people that you care about and uh, in the moments when I've wanted to throw in the towel it's it's usually been because I haven't been prioritizing the things that matter more right same for me um, I think 99% of your happiness in life is um, it, it, or for me is relational and is yeah. based on the health of the you know, foundational relationships in my life. And um, when I feel like I'm neglecting that, I'm right, I'm correct to be concerned about that. But I want to say something else, Hank, which is that you talked about how you've brought back truth or fail six, six times and it's failed six times. And that's true. And, it's, <laughs> um, and, and I look forward to reminding you of that when you call me about the seventh iteration of, I've got some ideas. of your hit. <laughs> of your hit game show, Truth or Fail. But what it, what it made me think about is that I would, like, um, I would like just to ask the people here to make sure, because many of you will be alive after we are, to make sure that Hank's tombstone reads only creator of Truth or Fail <laughs> and inventor of 2D glasses. <laughs> know that they're going to be the ones in charge no, of that. they will. But... They will. Uh, they will. And you're getting buried in St. Petersburg, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever Do told the story. Can we tell the story? I, I had the same. Are we thinking the same story? Yeah, I assume so. Yeah. The one about dying? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if I should tell the story to an tell audience of Floridians, but I'm going it's to. Fine. It wasn't St. Petersburg. It wasn't in St. Petersburg. So years ago, um, I was at a Harry Potter conference and I became quite sick and I had to go to the hospital. And uh, I was in the hospital and they were like, you're gonna have to uh, stay the night and this is you know, potentially quite serious. And I, uh, <laughs> I, I, so we had left the left this Harry Potter convention in, a, in yeah, somewhat of a hurry. Yeah. I came out. We went to this hospital, and, and uh, <laughs> the doctor was like, you, "You know, we're gonna want you to stay the night." And Hank was with me, and I like literally grabbed the doctor's wrist, and I said, "I do not want to die in Florida." <laughs> <laughs> I grew up here. I grew up in Orlando. I, I said it with love, <laughs> but I did mean it. Yeah, no. And the doctor said, I don't think you're going to die. And I said, well, I, I don't think I'm going to die either, but I'm just telling you now that if I am going to die, I want you to put me in an ambulance and take me to the Georgia line. <laughs> All right, after you know? this question, we're going to yeah. take some questions from the audience. So I'm going to call some people down. But first, I'm going to ask a question of, from Ranuk, or Raunak. 
sorry, as a 19-year-old stuck somewhere between childhood and being an adult, when does one reach adulthood and learn how to deal with adult problems? You only, hi, you only learn to deal with them by dealing with them. It's terrible. There's only, it's like, how do I figure out how to do this? And they're like, just do it. And you're like, I don't want to, tell me. And they're like, just do it. Do it bad for five years and then do it good for the next 55 before you die. I have a very different take on that question. Because <laughs> I, I, I just remember, like, A, it was new, but B, I felt, like, kind of congenitally unqualified for adulthood. Like, I still don't know how to, like, fix a things in the house, you know, or like, I, I, there's lots of things that I just don't know how to do, like lots of adult things that I, I, I and I don't think like I'm on the cusp of finding out how to wire in a new sconce, or even really knowing exactly what a sconce is. Don't do electrician stuff. <laughs> this is one uh, adulthood no, no, Hank's, Hank's advice is basically just do electrician no. stuff really bad for five years, <laughs> and then you'll get good at it. And I think that's bad advice. I think you should Definitely. not do electrician stuff don't unless do you've gone to electrician stuff school. Yeah, don't do electrician stuff. Okay, uh, I think a, that I think thing that, I've learned. I think that you become adult, a, an adult the way that you become a, a lot of things, which is like slowly and sort of without noticing it. Um, and it's only when one day, uh, in my particular case, it was an event rather than a process in the sense that I was putting on a pair of pants, a pair of khaki pants, and I said to Sarah, I feel like I look like a middle-aged man in these pants. And Sarah paused for just like a, a little bit too long. <laughs> and I realized it wasn't when I became a dad. Yeah. It wasn't when I got married. Yeah. It was when I put on a pair of pants and I looked like the middle-aged man I was. <laughs> This episode of Dear Hang John is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep, it's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Trobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt, I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. <laughs> that I knew I was an adult. Yeah. All right. Who's, who's got the first question there? 
Hello. Hello. Uh, it's Jarrell, not Gerald. That's okay. Everyone butchers it. Great name. Yeah, my dad says I was named after a character in a book. He never confirmed whether it was a Superman comic or not. It sounds oh. like it. All right. So what do we got? So my question was, um, over the last eight months, I've, I've had um, a series of uh, procedure. I got an amputation to better my life, and I got a new, very fancy prosthetic. Excellent. And, I mean, I'm pretty, you know, low-key right now with jeans and all. Yeah. And, yeah. but I do have one problem, though. Whenever I shift my weight on it a little bit, it totally sounds like I fart. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> can you, can, can, can you do, have, provide an example? Does it happen every time? Um, I can replicate it pretty easily. Oh. oh, just like a little one. Wait, yeah. hold on. I could do better. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounded like that a nice like little a fart. fart. That sounds like a fart. Um, sounds like a fart. And uh, so, the, so the situation is that, uh, you, that your, your leg sometimes farts. Mm-hmm. And that people are then going to assume that it was not your leg. Correct. Um, how do you... Yeah, but of course is legs. <laughs> so... So it, it's really all the same to me, personally. Uh, but... Hank okay, okay. the, 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 doesn't recognize the distinction. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a fart. a very specific form I'm of sorry, that's a fart. That's just what it is. Uh, so, ha, like, how is the question what to do or how to... Like, should one explain the situation? Sorry, no, that was my leg. <laughs> Gotta have a sign or a card that you just... You should have a card. Just... Business cards are very cheap to print out. You should get a card. You should get. I, I once met a very tall person um, in the south of France, and um, I noticed that he was handing someone else a card, um, and so I asked if if I could have a card, <laughs> and he said yes, and he handed me a card, and the card explained that he was very tall. <laughs> And that um, he had not, he had not, he had played basketball in high school, but not after that. <laughs> um, and that he, he, he was done growing and that there were no concerns about his height medically. Um, and I, I, I thought that was a, I thought yeah. that was a wonderful solution. And I've also heard sometimes of uh, famous people having little cards that they give people where they like answer all of your, the, the questions, you know, where it's like, David Tennant hands you a card, and he was like, yes, I enjoyed being Doctor Who. It was a blast. Um, uh, I, I, I am no longer Doctor Who. I am not Doctor Who in real life. I'm not a time lord. Um, <laughs> I, I like the idea yeah, of the card. Yeah, you know, and you, you kind of know, if you notice, people notice, you can just pull out the card and be like, I didn't fart. That's all it says. <laughs> I didn't fart. That wasn't... Super Thank useful you. when you do fart as well. <laughs> you know? Thank you very much. Thank you. Much appreciated. I'm glad we could help. Who do we have? Hello, this is Owen. Hello, Um, Owen. Hi. So I was just graduated from college in May and in in my first year of teaching high school. Um, And so one problem that arises due to both my young age and my 
young face mm -hmm. is that um, I look about the same age, if not younger than many of the students that I mm -hmm, teach. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this both makes me self-conscious and sometimes causes some weird authority issues in the classroom. Yep. And so I am seeking dubious advice as to how I can appear older in a room full of 15 and 16 year olds. Can you give me the name of a 15 year old? Just what's a good, what are they named these days? <laughs> Sebastian. Sebastian. You, you, That's a I, great name. <laughs> is Sebastian yeah. particularly troublesome? Yes, yeah. he is. Oh, I could tell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got Sebastian pegged. I, got, I, I know that guy inside now. Yeah. I know everything about him already. So Sebastian. first, you know, there's a certain amount of authority issues where it's just like when Sebastian, you could just be like, Sebastian, sit! And just like treat him just like to get him to sit. I don't know if you're so standing wait, up, but your, even if your, your thing is to like treat them like like, like dogs. little yeah yeah you know <laughs> like be you gotta like, show them roll over <laughs> give me your paw <laughs> shake Sebastian shake right now I'll give you a treat um, uh, no other, that's other that's, potential that's solution that's, that's, that's not bad. good that's other not potential good. solution is a, a three piece suit yeah. I do or have like, a collection of very funky ties from thrift stores that I yes, try to yeah. look dressed. Funky over. tie, like yeah. maybe get the elbow a, patches, an elbow patch or two. Um, I don't know, probably two. Now that I think about it, um, and get three. Uh, Put one on your back, a couple on your knees. Yeah, one on the back of your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, the, so the, I think the way you dress matters, but I also think like, so I had a 22 year old teacher when I was in high school. And I mean, I, it was, it, it's inherently weird. I'm sure it was super weird for him, um, but he was a really good teacher. And I, I think that like the relationship was kind of inherently different, but there, there were also upsides to that, right? Like he understood a little bit more about like my culture uh, than most of my teachers did. Like, he was able to relate historical narratives to the present in ways that, like, you know, my teachers in their 80s weren't able to. So, like, he had a different, he had a different kind of, like, authority. And I guess the thing that I, I would just say to you as an, as an encouragement is that, like, to me, because he was just, even though he was just a few years older, like, he seemed so cool. Like, <laughs> he knew everything, you know? Like, he knew, he knew so much. But, and so that's where your authority really comes from, frankly, is the fact that, like, you know so much more than they Sebastian do about does. whatever you're teaching. Like, you know, like, I remember one time I was walking around with my very smart, um, young, uh, my, my best friend's incredibly smart young child, and uh, he said, you know, Jojo, I know more math than you do. And I said, no, you don't. And he said, yeah, I do. And I said, no, it's, it's annoying. I don't want to do this, Coleman. <laughs> and, he, and he said, I do. And I said, all right, Coleman, what's the square root of four? And he said, two. And I said, well, all right, well, what's three cubed? And he was like, 27. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I thought it was nine. <laughs> Three times three. Damn it. <laughs> Coleman, you do know more math than I do. But you're not in that position. Yeah. Correct. So, so that's yeah. quiz them. Yeah. Uh, and hope, and, hope, and hope, hope to God they don't outperform you. <laughs> All right, I, have, I think Thank we were not helpful. Thank you. Yeah. I've got one final question from the audience. Hello, sorry I made us not... Oh, I, I love your shirt. Are it's you wearing good. Nun Pizza with Left Beef? Yes, yes. I am. It's, it's the funniest thing It's my favorite meme turned into my favorite. Thank you for wearing my face on your torso as well. I appreciate it. My honor. 
Uh, so my name is Becca. Uh, last summer, I toyed with the idea of doing my PhD, and for three months, I was in a very quiet space all day long, all by myself. So I started taking an improv class at SAC Comedy Lab in nice. downtown Orlando. Yeah. I've been there. And it is like the most wholesome, uplifting group of people. It is the most fun I've ever had. There is no going back. I have to do it forever now. Mm -hmm. But when I run out of classes in July, the only way to keep doing it is to make the ensemble. Mm -hmm. Assuming I do that, I will have to do shows on weeknights, and driving back to Cape Canaveral at night is very scary. How do I convince my husband to move to Orlando? Oh, so you're done with commuting. You're done with Where are you now? Wait, where are you now? We're in a little town called Rockledge. We both work at Kennedy Space Center. And it's what's like going on with the PhD? Well, also, the, the, I got a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not, there, I, whoa, whoa, I don't know if you whoa, know, but there's whoa, whoa, whoa. no, there's no. I go first. Okay. <laughs> What's, what's going on with the, your life outside of the, the comedy troupe? I dropped the PhD. What happened with the PhD was my master's advisor was fantastic and I wanted to keep working for him, but then I started the PhD and it was wake up, coffee, four hours of math, lunch, four hours of math. Yeah. And it was too quiet. I was too Yeah, quiet. I would have been great at that as you could probably my, heard earlier. <laughs> my, my husband was calling my improv class my extrovert support group. So, oh. yes. So are you, did you say you were both working at the Space Center? Yeah, it would be the same drive. It's about an hour. Oh, so you're st you would still up. commute to work from yeah. Orlando. Okay, because I was like, there are, there are no Space Centers in Orlando no. or oh, anywhere else. You're going to commute to the Space Center from Orlando? It's a, it's a while. It's a ways. It's, our drive is already an hour up US-1. This would just be an hour on 520. Oh, man, Florida life. <laughs> I mean, I, I worked in Orlando and my commute was 45 minutes from my house in Orlando to my job in Orlando, so. Here's, here's what I'll say, and believe you me, I am not getting in the middle of a marital <laughs> conversation about where to live for the rest of your life, which is a huge decision. You're not well, in the middle of I, anything. He's just finding out about this now. Oh, great, okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> Orlando is really, and like, nobody is more surprised to say this than I am, cool. <laughs> like, Orlando is a wildly different place than it was during my childhood. In fact, like, Lake Eola was only sort of, like, tamed in, like, 1986. Yeah. Like, I was in elementary school the first time, like, Lake Eola had a sidewalk. Yeah. Um, Orlando they finally was, got the gators out of it. Yeah. yeah. Or, Orlando is such a cool town now, and there are so many great neighborhoods there, and there are so many, like, there's, like, record stores, and, like, even, like, craft we're, breweries. Yeah, like, we're A friend we, of mine from high school runs a weird, like, fancy deli. And I'm just like, Lexi, you have, you have a fancy deli? Yeah, they got, like... You are an anarchist. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Anarchists gotta eat, Hank. <laughs> they gotta have governments, but they gotta have food. <laughs> Points. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I mean, so that's what I would say. If you're commuting an hour anyway, Orlando's a pretty cool place to live. They have an MLS team, I believe. Uh, it's pretty great. So yeah. do what's right for your family. Uh, but yeah, make I mean, you have, the thing like a decision like that though. The only thing I'd say is that like we made a big decision uh, uh, for different reasons, but a somewhat similar decision to move to Indianapolis from New York, where we had been living, and like 
I was a little reluctant to move to Indianapolis for, for Sarah's passion because I, you know, I just didn't want to live in Indianapolis. It turns out I love it and I'm very happy there. But in order for us to make that move and me have like me not kind of like resent the fact that it was happening, we had to like come to a real deep consensus where it was our decision, not like I'm the trailing spouse and I guess mm -hmm. I'll go along with this decision because yeah. then it's so easy for resentments to build up if you don't keep those communication lines open. So good luck. It'll work out regardless. And if worse comes to worse, start an improv troupe wherever Ooh, you bang. find yourself. <laughs> Let's talk about the world's favorite third-tier English soccer team, AFC Wimbledon. AFC Wimbledon are clinging, clinging to their third-tier status, currently 19th. Uh, 19th in League One, uh, only, that, that's still, we've, we've still got one relegation spot between us and real relegation. So we're in, we're in good shape for now. Hey, can do I you want to, do you want to, can I go to a website real quick? Yeah. Cool? Oh. <laughs> so, uh-oh. That's fine. Everything's fine. Okay, so the cool news. The, nope, nope. Mm. They didn't expect me to. Oh, all right. Look at that. That's AFC Wimbledon's new stadium at Plow Lane. For 25 years, Wimbledon fans have been singing, show me the way to Plow Lane. I'm tired and I want to go home. I had a football ground 20 years ago and I want one of my own. And they are building one owned by the fans. It is obviously not finished. Also, we, we don't have the money to finish it. But that is a problem for tomorrow. Uh, the reality for today is that we are closer than we have ever been uh, to being back in Wimbledon where, uh, where we belong, owned by our fans. Um, and certain to stay in that community uh, forever. So it's really, really exciting to see that progress. And in news from Mars, I didn't know we were doing the news segment because we usually don't during live shows. So I have no, the Mars 2020 rover's looking great. It just looks so good. I, I follow some people on Twitter who got to go and look at it and they seemed very impressed. I actually have news from Mars. Oh God, I'm so I'm such a failure. I, well, because because I've gotten kind of into Mars as a result of this podcast, yeah. I now get a lot of I have I have a you know personalized news feed uh, at, at the Google, and I get a lot of Mars news. And there was a study that came out, Hank, that said that Mars is losing water much quicker than than was expected. Did you see this? I have I have heard something about it. I yeah. Don't, I, what I know is that the, the hydro, hydrology of Mars continues to be a big mystery, and we are learning things rapidly. It's very weird. It's very weird. These methane blooms are very weird. That's Mars very turns weird. out to be a weird, active place where things are happening, but we don't really know which ones yet. We need to get there and go there and learn. Um, but regardless, uh, again, we are so, so grateful to you um, for being here with us tonight. It's been really fun to, to come uh, back, for Hank and Catherine to come back to where mm. they met and fell in love and to see that place again. And for me to see that place because I also, I remember like when they were, uh, you know, f first falling in love and I remember coming here for Hank's graduation and so it's really nice uh, to be back here all these years later finally feeling uh, to, to a point, to a question asked earlier, uh, like maybe I am a grown-up. 
Thank you for listening to our St. Petersburg episode. Our live show coordinator is Monica Gasper. This podcast is a co-production of Complexly and WNYC Studios. It's produced by Rosiana Halser-Rojas and Sheridan Gibson, edited by Joseph Tunamedish, and our head of community and communications is Victoria Bongiorno. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by The Great Gunnarola. You can email us at hankandjohn at gmail.com. And as they say in our hometown, don't, don't forget, forget to be, be awesome. awesome. Bye, guys.